Corey. And I'm Katie King. And this is True, True Crime New, New England. England. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. This is Spooky Halloween, October, week two. Yes, we're in the full throes of our Spooky October yeah, episodes. We're, we're clearly still working on the name mm-hmm. because Spooky Halloween October weeks isn't really a good one. No. We'll figure it out. Well, maybe by the fourth <laughs> one we'll get there. Yeah. We're still trying to come up with a catchphrase. So. Yeah. I know. That alone. We're, this is okay. what? Episode 17? 17. And I, we still don't have a catchphrase. If anyone has any ideas, let us know. Or if you have something that, you, that we said that you liked, please. Yeah, that's true. Save it. Anywho. So... Let's talk about it. There's been some news in the true crime community as of last night. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we're really, we're going to talk about it. Well, yesterday being October 6th. Yes. So when you guys are hearing this, it's October 7th, um, about a week before this episode comes out. Yeah. But as of yesterday, like you said, Katie, some news hit the true crime community. And there's a lot of mixed thoughts about it. Yeah, so a team of investigators have claimed to have identified the Zodiac Killer. What? It almost, and reading all of the articles and the Reddit threads, it almost feels too good to be true. Yeah. And it might, it just might be. It just might be. That's why there's those conflicting thoughts on it. Right, because the FBI is saying, no way. Mm -hmm. Reject this theory. Right. But... These people, I think they're called case breakers. They're like retired police officers or like investigators. Yes. And they're saying they've got the they've got the guy. I mean, yeah. So if you guys don't know who the Zodiac killer is, he's one of the most prolific serial killers because he made these kind of ciphers, yeah. these ciphered coded messages and they they decoded some of them, but they haven't decoded the rest. Right. And so there's things as to where I'm going to strike next and taunting the San Francisco police in the late, what, the late 1960s? Yeah. Yeah. It was so a while ago. crazy. Yeah. He killed, he's confirmed to have killed five people and this team thinks that he's connected to a sixth right. murder. Now, if that was the case, then that would be crazy. That would be nuts because they would have just solved that cold case. Exactly. And it's been 50 years? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's one of those things that, like, obviously we want to believe that it's true because then six people will get justice. Right. But some of that, and a lot of the evidence actually is pretty damning. It kind of makes sense. So they think that this guy, his name is Gary Francis Post, P-O-S-T-E, Post That fits Post? the serial killer quota because he has three names. Right. <laughs> there, done. <laughs> yeah. Solved it. <laughs> Boom. But the issue is that this guy died in 2018. Right. So even if it was him, there's not a great way to know without definitive DNA evidence. Right. Which they do not have. Right. Now, my thinking is now that they've isolated, perhaps, Gary Francis Post, maybe getting his grandchildren or whoever to submit DNA. That'd be great. To see, like, does he have any matching DNA? That would be amazing because the evidence that they have to think it's this guy is that the very well-known sketch oh. where, if you don't know, in 2016 it was circling around because when Ted Cruz was running for president, <laughs> there was the joke, Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer because which, he looks like the sketch. Um, the sketch has these four headlines, mm-hmm. which we were talking about earlier, Liz. I've always thought that they were wrinkles. Yeah. But the guy that they identified as thinking it's the Zodiac Killer has very prominent forehead scars. Yeah. So it looks just like this sketch, this police sketch. That, to me, is pretty damning. That's insane. And the fact that, too, they were able to crack the ciphers because they said, you are only able to crack these ciphers if you know this guy's full name. Right. Because of the way the letters are rearranged Mm -hmm. and all these things. And it's just crazy. It's insane. So if this is it... That would be... Holy fuck. I would say, I think it's almost 60 years worth of crazy awful secrets and there's movies about this oh my there's gosh countless forms of media you can consume Books. about this yep 
for sure. Reddit threads yeah. to no end. Podcasts, other podcast episodes. Oh yeah. There's so many theories, too. It's crazy. So to have that, I want to believe it. I do. If it's legit, holy fuck. I think we should give it some time. I agree. And see how it goes. A lot of people, like, on Reddit were saying, oh, well, don't believe it until... You know, it's not that big of a deal right now. Like, nobody's making it as big of a deal, like law enforcement. So maybe right now, let's wait until we hear something else. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I want to. I want it to be. Yeah. I think the forehead scars are pretty interesting. That's insane to me because I always thought that they were wrinkles. And then, like we were talking about earlier, why I have a feeling that, like, a sketch artist wouldn't go out of their way to, like be like, oh, they, this person who saw him thought he was older, let me add in wrinkles. I feel like they only draw what they are told to draw. They have to, yeah. Yeah, so if they, he wouldn't be like, well, it's an older person, so he probably has hair in his ears. Like, you know, they're not going to add those right. details. Right, they're not going to add any artistic flair right. they see fit, because <laughs> right. they have to go off of what this person is saying. Exactly, so it's, it's pretty it's interesting. Crazy. It's pretty interesting. It's so crazy, yeah, but... All last night, I was getting my phone blown up. Like, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Are you going to talk about it on the podcast? Yep. So, here we are here talking we about it on the podcast. <sighs> Always crazy. You know, true crime New England. We do cover crimes in New England. Sure do. However, a lot of our friends are sending us like, oh my God, did you see this thing in England? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I did. But like, I can't, co- like, right. legally, by law. <laughs> legally. <laughs> Legally, I mean, our big copyright deal. <laughs> yeah, our, our super big um, in the works copyright deal <laughs> with a, a media station says we can only do New England. New England or else we're fired. They'll hire new hosts. Isn't that sad, guys? But to stay true to our brand, our episode content will be <laughs> New England-based crime. Don't worry, guys. However, our intros... We talk about whatever we want. Free fucking rain, bitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Damn right. And true to the theme of our, our show, today's episode also takes place, unsurprisingly, in New England. What? Crazy. <laughs> I know. Can you believe it? Um, I'm pretty excited about this one. This one's very cool. It has a lot of different things going on. There's yeah. a lot of different aspects it's and busy. such. Yeah. It's busy. There's a lot going on. The timeline is a little messy. Yeah. As happens with crimes that happen in the 1600s. Yeah, we have witches, we have ghosts, we have folklore, we have legends that still, some people say, continue to this day. What? Now, disclaimer, while this is, um, could be speculated as like a legend, it is a real person. Oh, this is fact, yeah. No, this is a real person. We are presenting to you today factual evidence. Yes. This is not some kind of campfire story. Like, this is, they have court documents proving that this woman was alive and did these things. Yes, so put down your s'mores. This yep. isn't a campfire story. The repercussions of it yes. afterwards could be a campfire story. And maybe at our next True Crime New England retreat, we'll, <laughs> we'll do a little campfire and s'mores. The details for the retreat are coming soon. Yes. We'll plan something. <laughs> we'll do a whole weekend. We go to the, the Appalachian Trail and we try and... <laughs> We try and hunt Brian Lombie ourselves <laughs> with campfire s'mores. Sure. Today's case, I'm excited. Yeah. Week two of Spooky October. Mm-hmm. Let's get into it. It's going to be a great time. Yep. Our new theme song, too, for Spooky oh. October. Our new little theme track. Katie and I worked on it together. It was so fun, It actually. was very fun. I'm thinking for every holiday we'll do one. Okay. Because honestly... It's fun. Our little themed yeah. episodes. Yeah. Okay. If there are, are any besides Halloween, I don't know, guys. We're still working out the kinks of both our retreat and our theme song. Anyway, without further ado, we will be covering the case of The, the Legend, Legend of, of Goody, Goody Cole. Cole. As we get into the story of Goody Cole, if you're from New Hampshire, it's likely that you've heard that name before. Oh, for sure. If you haven't, what the fuck? Tune in, because we're about to tell you a story. Good one. I like Mm -hmm. your approach better than me yelling at them. (laughs) 
But it's a it's a pretty big deal in New Hampshire, kind of yeah. like how Salem witch trials was a pretty big deal in New England as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, so this also ironically takes place in the 1600s yes. and also involves witches. Sure does. But that's it, guys. No more witches after this, I promise. Maybe? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, for now. For now. <laughs> but it's, it's a good case. So before we get into it, of course, our sources. Katie, as always, may you go first, please. As always, Wikipedia. Doesn't even really need to be said. My bestie is over there, <laughs> wikipedia.com. <laughs> Seacoast Online, yep. the Hampton, New Hampshire Library. Okay. They had a plethora of resources. You know it's good when she breaks out the vocab word. My little SAT words. <laughs> and then historicipswitch.org. Oh, okay. A very interesting article on our friend Goody Cole. Okay, good. My sources include Wikipedia as well, the New England Hor Historical Society, something called Woman History Blog, which I was like, yeah. Something called Exit the Norm. It was a um, YouTube video. Cool. It was just two guys talking, but it was very good. They went to the museum and they Sweet. talked about it. And another video on YouTube called The Grimoire, and they did like a spooky, it was like a three minute slideshow. It was very good. Sweet. Um, and then somewhere called Witches of Mass Bay. Okay. Oh, what could that possibly Ooh. mean? <laughs> Spooky. Spooky Halloween. <laughs> All right. So where do we even start with her? So fun fact, she's actually a New England transplant like oh, myself. Correct. She's not born and raised in New England. So she's a fake fan. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. She's born and raised in England. Ah. The OG. England. Oh, old England. Right. Ye old England. <laughs> right. Oh, God. So her real name is not Goody Cole, you guys. Her real name is Eunice Yes. Cole. A classic old name. Mm -hmm. But Goody was a common nickname back then. It actually was, yeah. Very common. It was short for um, good wife. Yeah. So Eunice, she went by Goody Cole. Yeah. Um, so Eunice Goody Cole, um, she just went by Goody, like you said, and her maiden name is actually unknown. Um, she was married to a man named William Cole um, back in England. Mm -hmm. Now, I told him that I would give him just a little shout out because I haven't talked about him in 17 episodes. Okay. And I don't know how. My best friend is named Cole. Hi, Cole. Hi, Cole. <laughs> Cole you. lives in Georgia, and he's actually met Katie and he's my best friend of all time. Mm -hmm. I've known him for nine years now. His sister also listens to this podcast. What up? Hi, Cole's sister. Um, Sydney. And so I just, I was talking to him on FaceTime the other day and I was like, oh my God, we're doing this case and the last name is Cole. That's your name. And he was like, uh-huh. <laughs> sure. And I was like, I've never mentioned you on the podcast and you're like my whole world. And he was like, okay. And so I figured I'd, I'd mention, hi, Cole. He's so funny. I he's love the Cole best. So much. He's, he's a, a good boy. Mm -hmm. Anywho, Goody Cole and her husband, William, worked for a man named Matthew Craddock in England. Mm -hmm. And they were like his servants. Is yeah, his word. indentured servants. Yeah, mm -hmm. farmhand. I don't know. There's not yeah. really a great word in today's language to mm -hmm. really, you know. They were kind of like slaves, I guess. Yeah. But they were they were white. Yeah, um, indentured servitude is super interesting. If you guys have never taken a U.S. history class, um, it's where so usually it was poor people. Yeah. So these guys weren't too wealthy, but they right. would go be indentured servants to wealthy people. Mm -hmm. So Matthew Craddock was a wealthy London merchant. Right. So he needed some indentured servants to cook, clean, do hard labor, all these things. Yep. But what they would do is they would work for someone for a couple years. Mm -hmm. It was like a contract. Right. A couple years doesn't really do it justice. It's usually like decades worth Ugh. of hard labor. So Yikes. you give somebody your time and in exchange, they will do something for you. Like they'll buy you a pass to the United States, oh. which is what happened here. That's how they got to the United States. Right. Um, was they did their time with Matthew Craddock and then he furnished their trip to... New England. So it turns out that Matthew Craddock was actually um, a, not only a merchant, but a politician. Interesting. And even though he never went to America, he was actually the first governor of the Massachusetts Bay Company. 
which I thought was interesting. Hmm. But so, because of this, when he was done with his indentured servants, he sent them to the Massachusetts Bay Company. Um, he had a lot of property and businesses there, so mm-hmm. they were naturally that's where he sent them because he knew it, even though he'd never been. I don't know. They didn't have like FaceTime back then, so he couldn't like <laughs> see his properties. He just had to trust that people were doing a good job. That's crazy. Ugh, trust. I know. <laughs> I know. Because getting on a boat back then was like... Oh, that's a big months deal. Months and months and months. Yeah. A lot of people like often died people on died. those trips. Yes. And there was never enough food for anyone. No. This is the early... We're talking like the 1600s. Yeah. So this is like scurvy times. Oh, for sure. They didn't have anything. So to be, you know, to be paid off by going to America is great. But the fact that there's like a good chance you might die on the mm-hmm. way, eh, that's classic. Yep. Anyway, so the couples arrived in America. They were granted two acres of land in Mount Wollaston, which is actually now known as Quincy, Massachusetts. And that was in February of 1637. That's crazy. That's oh, almost 400 years ago, if you think about it. Yeah. That's crazy. So these, these bitches, they got to Quincy, and... They weren't there very long. Before the end of 1637, the couple actually moved to Exeter, mm-hmm. which Hi, you Exeter, guys, New Hampshire. Yeah, you guys might remember um, episode 11. We covered the Exeter incident, mm-hmm. which is the alien abductions and sightings. That's the same Exeter. Um, it's been around, it's one of the oldest towns in America, um, so that's cool. But anyway, so not long they were in Exeter, um, and they actually were following a reverend named John Wheelwright. And he actually established Exeter. So they like followed him right, right to Exeter and were like, we're with this guy. He's, our, he's our, our friend. This guy is cool. This guy is something else. So his beliefs were antinomianism. Right. So this is the view that God's grace has freed the Christians from the need to observe established moral precepts. And so this was not Puritanism. Ah. And so we'll talk about how, like, once again, the Salem Witch Trials, right. the Puritans, when things don't go their way, right. they throw a little bit of a hissy fit. Yeah, so quite a bit. these guys and their beliefs, they think that God can speak directly to people. They think that God can, you know, come to people in dreams or mm-hmm. they can have omens and things like that. They think that God can communicate to people directly. Right. Whereas the Puritans reject that and they're like, no way, the only word of God is in the Bible. Right. So they bash heads. Right. And this leads to some conflict we will discuss. Mm -hmm. So the Puritans basically like read the Bible for what it is. Not Mm -hmm. between the lines. Like it says like only witches wear black. And they're like if you wear black, then you are a witch. Yeah, they're okay. like, this is gospel. Right. Yeah. Right, okay. That makes sense. Sorry, atheist. <laughs> Might try and understand, so I appreciate your translation. Damn right. Always here for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not too long after they moved to Exeter, the couple, they moved again. This time to Hampton, New Hampshire, which is about, in today's like driving distance, 10? T- 10, 15 Maybe. minutes. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they moved there with, uh, they received actually a 40 acre parcel of land with a five acre land for a house lot. So that's pretty significant. That's huge. Coming from two indentured servants. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. And I, I'm not sure how they received this parcel of land. I don't know if that was something. So my understand, my limited understanding, <laughs> let me make that clear. Yeah. But I think that when people moved, because the everything was still being so settled, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It's 1637, so yeah. it's like there's nothing there's but land. land. Right. And so if you move and you're like, hey, I want to live here and start a life here, they're like, awesome, here you Great. go. Great. What's crazy about this portion of the land was that it was super valuable mm-hmm. because it was salt marshes, or located near salt marshes. And if you guys are from New Hampshire or know the area at all, Hampton is actually home of Hampton Beach, which is a very popular tourist attraction. Um, it's it's a beach uh, mm-hmm. given by the name, and it's I can picture some of the salt marshes, yeah. you know, driving through to get to the beach. So this was a huge deal back then because it was, I mean, salt and it was just stuff that they wanted. Yeah, the water's right there. You have access right. to the ocean, right? And the marsh grass is very valuable because you can use it. Um, it's like luxury 
grass for horses and things like that. Oh, la la. Uh-huh. Fancy living for them horses. So they were, people were like jealous of their land because it was a good plot of land right on those salt marshes. And they were, they went essentially from indentured servants to living that all right life. Yeah. Living large and 40 acres was awesome because William Cole was a carpenter. Right. So he could just cut down a tree and build something. Right. And that enabled him to live a pretty good life and, you know, have a pretty good income. Comfortable. When he was there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, they were members of their church and people liked them. And it was just like, you know, it was all right. Things were going okay. The mm-hmm. only thing was that people tended to not like Eunice very much. Yeah. Because, and here's the kicker, because she seemed to stand up for women's rights. And God, <laughs> people hated that. Especially the Puritans. Oh my God. Women have one purpose in this world, Katie. Let me tell you what it is. To make babies. That's it. Yeah, sure. And that's that's, that's what the Puritans thought. Yeah. So when Eunice was like, no thank you, they were like, why is this woman not going with our beliefs? Why is she speaking? Why is she speaking, period. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So when they settled in Hampton in 1643... The neighbors kind of right off the bat thought Eunice to be foreign and disagreeable and they thought that her nature was very argumentative Mm -hmm. because she stood up for herself and she wasn't taking anybody's shit. Right. What we would know today as a feminist. Yeah. Appropriately. Like she was not a bad person. No. She was a bad bitch. There you go. She was a bad bitch. Yeah. But mm, the Puritans also noticed that she had a foul mouth and she liked to cuss a lot. Because she was an indentured servant, it was kind of like... Um, what do you expect? Right. I mean, it's kind of like the sailors and the kitchen gotcha. staff of today. Like, you know, if you work in the kitchen, you, you cuss like a sailor. As someone who worked in the kitchen, can't confirm. As someone who worked in the kitchen, I can absolutely confirm. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah. So, yeah, so it's kind of like that. So obviously she's going to curse a little, I mean, yeah. with her background. And also because, I mean, why the fuck not? Yeah, damn, damn, <laughs> damn right. <laughs> um, so... You know, people liked William, people liked them as a couple, but it just seemed like Eunice was... They hated her. They did not like her. Even the women, too. And she was like, stand up for our rights. And they were like, ew. They're like, rights? What's that? What do you mean? As they're holding their eight children? (laughs) Crazy stuff. Same wavelength, I swear to God. Oh, always. always. (laughs) But so, you know, their life otherwise was okay. Yeah. Now... In 1656, that's when things got a little worse for wear. Mm -hmm. For Eunice, specifically. This was when she was first accused of witchcraft. Hi. Hi, welcome back. (laughs) Yep. So the suspicion of her practicing witchcraft actually started when there was witch marks found on her naked body. Oh, this is like a load of bullshit, if you ask me. Oh my God, this sounds like something from like a Puritan Bible. Oh yeah. Oh my God, yeah. And it turns out, so she did have marks on her, but it was from actually um, whippings from a different unnamed offense. So she had broken the law or whatever, and her punishment was being whipped. And so these witch marks were just marks from when she was whipped. Jesus. But people were like, witch! They saw the marks and they were like, those are definitely the witch marks. So the thing with these marks, you guys... um... So back then, if somebody had a witch mark, so we know them today sometimes as birthmarks ah. or port wine stains or anything like sure. that that you're born with or you can't really, maybe like a you scar in a funny shape. Yeah. Or, yeah. So when back in the day you were stripped naked to be publicly whipped, they would notice these birthmarks or to them, th- these witch marks. Witch marks, right. And so to them, that was where the devil had touched you Ugh, on your body. And so that was straight, they thought it was straight up like reasoning to be convicted of witchcraft because the devil has touched you. So she was actually then taken to Boston to stand trial. So they were in Hampton now, Mm -hmm. they brought her to uh, Boston. Here, and I had to include these because this was crazy. Some of the reasons that she was accused of witchcraft, and it's just like in our last episode, the reasons they have for accusing of witchcraft is insanity. Let me read them to you. Children in the town claimed that they had seen her take the form of a dog, a cat, and an eagle. Which I was like, an eagle? What the fuck? Yeah, what the hell? A dog and a cat, okay, they're kind of similar, but an eagle, okay? (laughs) 
Some people had speculated that they had seen the devil, who, by the way, had taken the form of a black dwarf with a red cap, um, sitting at her dinner table. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, one man claimed that after his cattle ate grass on her property, it died. Which was probably true, but because it ate grass on her property, it automatically was her grass was poison. And he thought that Eunice maybe put a curse on the cattle. And also, one of the baby calves that was born died. And he blamed it on Eunice. Mm -hmm. Another one disappeared and he was like, Eunice, what the fuck? This is some witchcraft. Jesus Christ. Right? Oh, that's not it. She, she also was accused of causing a fishing boat full of people to disappear. You can't... I don't oh know. Wait, there's God. one more? <laughs> Apparently, she knew secrets about people that only could have been known through the aid of the devil. Mm-hmm. Or people were gossiping and then she knew. Or Puritans are bored as hell with oh their boring-ass life yep. and they gossip to, you know... Past the long <laughs> New England boring ass winters. <laughs> Probably. I've wow. Those were the reasons she was accused of witchcraft. That's really taking s- the form of an eagle. Fucking American, right? <laughs> <laughs> How patriotic. <laughs> before before the country was even founded. I know, right? <laughs> Crazy stuff. Jesus age Christ. Yep. And the sad part is she was sixty four at this time. So this is elderly for back then, like Oh my god, yeah. And there she was being accused of witchcraft because she had a black dwarf with a red cap sitting at her dinner table. And thrown in prison in Boston. So these prisons um, in Boston, it was called Prison Lane. And it was described as being, quote, the nearest resemblance to hell on earth. Oh, because shit. Because of iron spiked doors and passageways that were like the dark valley of the shadow of death. Whoa. I did not know that. So this is not a nice place to be anyway, let alone to be a little frail old lady. That really sucks. Yeah. That's actually awful. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Oh. Now, the thing is with this this time, she wasn't accused of witchcraft. She wasn't convicted. She was convicted of familiarity with the devil, which to me is a load of bullshit. I don't get these <laughs> things. I really don't. Oh. Like. And people think that she wasn't accused of witchcraft at this point because if she were, she'd probably be executed Mm -hmm. because that was the way they were doing it. So it's likely that she was just convicted of that familiarity with the devil. Yeah, and it was just being tossed around. Yeah. Like, oh, she's a witch because my cow died. Yeah, come on. Like, maybe you suck at owning a cow. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) I like that. I like that. The Uh, way that people blame their misfortunes and their misgivings on others for witchcraft just like we discussed last week's episode in the Salem Witch Trials. Too often. Not everything is everybody else's fault. Right. Sometimes we have to take accountability for our own actions. What the fuck is that, dude? <laughs> accountability? What is that? What? What? I'm responsible for something? <laughs> that I did? That's crazy. That's bullshit. That's what outlandish, I did. actually. That's blasphemy. That's blasphemy. <laughs> Come on, now. So, Goody Cole's punishment for this, you know, familiarity with the devil was to be imprisoned for as long as the court thought was appropriate and also being whipped while she was there. Yep. So Eunice's husband, William, uh, he was a little bit older than her. And so he actually relied heavily on her help at the farm. So when she was imprisoned, mm, that kind of made it really difficult for him. He turned to the townspeople for help and they were helpful to him, but he still, he needed Eunice. Um, So what he did was he deeded the farm, the land, to Eunice. So while she was in jail, it was hers technically. Um, So while she was in jail, basically William petitioned to have it back to him. Um, And when he did that, he was so he's like, can I have my land back? And they were like, sure, buddy. And then they were like, what about your wife? And he was like, okay, bye. And he left her there. I know. Oh, my God. I know. But then Eunice pulled a double, like, I don't think so. And she basically begged the court to let her go because her husband needed her help. Wow. So they did. In 1659, she uh, finally got William to plead for her release. And in 1660, Eunice was released from jail. 
This is really sad. I know. Can you imagine your husband being like, I just want the land that I gave you. You can stay in there, though. It's fine. Yeah, I need a break from your foul mouth. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I need a break from your Ugh. argumentative attitude. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Because she was, you know, too feminist, I mm-hmm. guess. Crazy stuff. So she's out of prison. Do-to-do. La-la-la. And there's a situation with some neighbors who Uh-oh. do not like her at all. So Constable Robert Smith and his wife Susanna were walking down the road to grind their grain. As you do. They grew rye, they grew corn, just like, you know, people did back in the day. Back then, that was a common thing. And they passed Goody, Eunice, on the road. And she looked at them and she said, do you grind rye? So when she asked them, do you grind rye? This normally would have been a friendly and neighborly thing to say. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, you know, being like, oh, what's up? What are you up to today? Okay. It's it's a friendly and neighborly thing. Sure. But they were immediately suspicious because Eunice was not known to be friendly oh, or neighborly. Gotcha. So they were, like, giving her the side eye. Like, They're like, yeah, what? obviously. Like a reply in the 1600s. You know right, I mean? right. So they ground their grain from the rye, and they went to bake bread with it. Nice. And instead of having a luscious loaf of rye bread that mm. smelled delightful... Oh, I'm sure. They were left with a loaf that smelled rotten, <gasps> and it grew spots like rotting cheese before it was even a day old. Ew. So instead of coming to the conclusion that our rye is bad... Yeah. Our rye is not fit to be made into bread... Okay. Which is the normal conclusion. Sure. They immediately thought, well, we passed Eunice on the way to the mill to grind our grain. Mm-hmm. She has something to do with this. <laughs> she poisoned? What did they think she did? So they decided to conduct a little experiment, a little oh, study. God. Okay. So they took their grain, their yep. rye grain, and they went across the road to a neighbor. Okay. And they used their oven to bake bread. Okay. And it was the same thing. The bread smelled disgusting. It looked rotten. Ew. It was gross. Okay. And so they decided to go to one more stop. Okay. So they took this grain and they went way, way, way up the road to their daughter. And their daughter, Mariba Page, they went to use her oven. Okay. But to their shock, this bread smelled so good. Oh. It was like the little cartoon steam coming out uh-huh. of it. Sure. It just looked gorgeous. Yep. Tasted delightful. And this loaf lasted almost a week. Wow. Which is pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. So they came to the conclusion that... Goody Cole had enchanted their oven and her circle of magic affected the neighbor across the street, but their daughter Mariba was too far up the road for it to have affected her. Oh my god, are you kidding me right now? And they actually brought this up in a later court trial that we'll talk about as evidence against Eunice for being a witch. That's fucking insane. So they thought that Eunice enchanted their oven and was a witch. I can't. Because their rye sucked. That's stupid as fuck. Mm -hmm. I can't even deal. Yep, and we talked a little bit about a fungus that can grow on rye bread arrogate Mm -hmm. um, last episode. And so that's a pretty reasonable explanation as to why your rye bread smells disgusting is because it has a fungus on it. A fungus on it. Mm -hmm. But no, it was because Eunice enchanted the oven. Because she walked past them and instantly just locking eyes with her means that you're cursed. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh So in 1660, after this happened and around that time, she was actually in court again, this time for unseemly speeches, which I may imagine is kind of like her standing up for herself, maybe. Yeah, and it also involved her cussing out neighbors. <laughs> well, did they deserve it? <laughs> I mean, the way Probably. that they treat her, yeah. I would be cussing them out too. Yeah. So her punishment was being whipped by a Hampton constable and she was imprisoned. She begged to be released from prison because she needed to take care of her aging husband. Mm-hmm. William at this point was 88. Jesus Christ. Which is like 200 and 600. Yeah, that's yeah. of. So the only reason she wasn't released from prison immediately was because she couldn't pay her prison fees. And this was awful. This that's happened so a lot. Sad. Yep. It happened a lot. And so we kind of talked about it in our Salem Witch Trials right. episode. People were being exonerated for being witches, but they couldn't leave because they couldn't pay the fees of the prison. Mm -hmm. Same happened with Eunice. She couldn't pay it. So at this point, it's 1662. She's still in jail. 
William is very old. He's ill. He's just, he's ancient. And he decided to get his affairs in order. He wrote a will. And this is the crazy part. William gave his house, land, his household items, and his cattle to a neighbor named Thomas Webster. And Eunice, who was again in jail, was like, um, hello, hubby. Right, what the fuck? What the fuck? And so the condition was that if William gave Thomas Webster, the neighbor, all of his stuff, Thomas would keep William comfortable for the rest of his life, which wasn't very long. In fact, after not very long after the, the will was made, he died because he was 96,000 years old. Mm-hmm. And so Eunice was only left with the clothes on her back. Mm-hmm. But, but she got out of jail. You want to know how? Because her husband died and the county decided to put aside the will. He left and paid her debts to get her out of prison. So half of it ended up going to Thomas Webster, who was originally for the neighbor, and then the other half went to the town of Hampton. But the town of Hampton received it and used it to take care of Eunice because now her husband was dead, Mm -hmm. she didn't have anywhere to live, and she didn't have anything but the clothes on her back. So Hampton was like, aww. And they built her a little dingy shack, and they basically hired people to bring her food and stuff. Yep, she was a ward of the town. Yep. It's so fucking sad sad. to me. It's so fucking sad. So she would often have to resort to begging Mm -hmm. townspeople for scraps of food and scraps of firewood. And these are townspeople that hated her and did not like her at all whatsoever. So it was already a shitty situation to have to beg for basic necessities that she should have had because she should have had land. Right. But... Yeah, now she's, like, groveling to people who hate her. Yeah, it's sad. It was a pathetic situation, and I'm sure her dignity really took a hit. Oh, probably. It was very insulting to have to do that. I would imagine, yeah. It's just so... It's such a shitty situation. It really is. It really is. And to make matters worse, in 1662, still in the same year we just were talking about, she was charged with slanderous speech which I'm sure just means cussing, mm-hmm. and was sent back to prison. Jesus Christ. Now, she was in prison from 1662 to 1670. So that's eight more years in prison. Finally, she was released, and she still didn't have a home to return to, but that shack. They had built that shack, and the townspeople were ordered to take turns bringing her fuel and food. And that kind of seemed a little fair, because the half the... You know, half of basically her livings with her husband was given to the town for her. So, yeah, they better give her food and fuel. Yeah, it makes sense. Ugh, Jesus. It's just so sad. So, in 1671, a couple families were bringing Goody Cole her food. um, And one of these families was the Clifford household. So, John and Bridget Clifford. And they had 11 children. Holy shit. 11 kids. And one of these kids was 9-year-old Ann Smith. She was an orphan. Her mother had died when the girl was just an infant, and her father had abandoned her to the Clifford family. Oh, He was like, your problem now. Bye. Peace. I'm going to go gamble and drink and do all these things. So little Ann Smith is like this little orphan child. She's an outsider in this huge family. And maybe Eunice had seen that this little soul was also lonely. Yeah. That Eunice had reached out to her to try to befriend her. Yeah. This really offended the Clifford family. Um, They thought that Eunice was luring her to her shack (gasps) to practice witchcraft. Jesus. So now for the third time, she's accused of being a witch. I can't even deal. Three times. Three times. This poor woman. The fact that she escaped twice before convictions of being a witch, when we know back then that meant like you were going to get killed. No, it's fucking awful. She Mm -hmm. was accused of witchcraft because of that, luring an orphan. Mm -hmm. She was also accused because of the neighbor's foul-tasting bread. They were like, oh, while she's here, this happened. (laughs) Yeah, the enchanted oven. Yes. And then another one was, once again, people were like, I saw her as an eagle. Like, what is with that? Like, what is with the obsession? I don't know. I don't know. Leave her alone. She's an elderly woman. Yeah. So they were like, I don't know, still, it was a third time, and they were like, I still don't think she could be charged with witchcraft. But instead, they once again were like, 
we can't do witchcraft, but we can do familiarity with the devil. And the townspeople were like, well, take it. So she was um, charged again. But lucky for Eunice this time, in her feeble old age, she was acquitted and released. They were like, third time's a charm. Oh my God. So this trial sucked. This trial was in 1673. And a lot of people from the town came out of the woodwork to talk shit about Eunice in this trial. So little Ann Smith, the little orphan girl, the Clifford family, and Bridget and Anna Huggins were notable names. Right. So Anna Huggins, her dad, was actually the very constable that had whipped Whipped her back in 1656. Right. So Anna is like, yeah, I hate this bitch. (laughs) So another witness in the trial was John Godfrey. And John Godfrey, so his mom, had been little Ann Smith's stepmom at some point down the line. And she was also the mother of Thomas Webster, (gasps) who gained the Cole estate when William Cole passed away. Oh my god. So now all the town is thinking, why the fuck do we have to take care of this woman that we hate? Right. And Thomas Webster is like, I want that land. Right. And as long as Goody Cole was alive, she was a continuous threat to Webster's right to that land. Mm -hmm. So what a little quinky dink Mm -hmm. that she was again accused of being a witch to try to get her out of the picture. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That's awful. Mm -hmm. So now it's not even just she lured an orphan into her shack or she tried to lure an orphan into her shack. She must be a witch. It's this whole strategic, well, if we accuse her of witchcraft on the basis of her luring this orphan to her shack. Mm Mm-hmm. I can get my land. Right. And the townspeople won't be responsible for her anymore. Right. Right. It's very strategic. Yeah. Poor thing. She really didn't deserve all that. No. And even the slightest. No. Jesus. And even though she was acquitted and released, she still had to rely on the townspeople. Mm -hmm. And they fucking hated her. So she didn't get much of anything. The bare minimum, I would say, in her little broken shack. In Hampton, New Hampshire. Crazy shit. Yep. And she was treated coldly and cruelly until one day on October 24th, 1680, um, a couple boys, like teenage boys, they sometimes wouldn't see her for a few days and they'd go to check up on her and see if she was still alive. Yeah. It wasn't out of an act of kindness. It was like, oh, maybe the old bitch finally died. Yeah. Like... And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, she... They went and they found her body on the floor of the shack. And she had passed away. And it sounds like for natural causes. Yeah. Because they don't know her exact age, but it was, she was around 90 years old. She was really up she there. She was really fucking old. She was really, really up there. Her and her husband lived to be very elderly. Which is very impressive for that for time. For that time? I mean, even now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the fact that she went through all of that mm-hmm. and she died at 90-ish years old. That's just crazy. Crazy. Um, so they found her body and she's clearly dead. Yeah. She's cold and dead on the floor. It's October 24th. There's no heat. It's cold. Yeah. It's New England. They decided that that wasn't good enough. Oh my God. So right. they actually took a stake, drove it through her heart. Right. And buried her with the stake. And then they put a horseshoe hung on the stake. Right. And this whole thing was, I have a quote, it says, the stake was in order to exercise the baleful influence she was supposed to have possessed. Right. But Hampton historian Joseph Dow referred to her as ill-natured and ugly, artful and aggravating, malicious and revengeful, but certainly not a witch. Yeah. And they buried her in a shallow, unmarked grave. Which we can, they still don't really know. They still don't really know. But for sure. For sure. But I bet you if they started digging around that property and found a skeleton with a stake through it, mm-hmm. I'm sure they would come to conclusions that mm, maybe that was our good friend, Goody Cole. Yep. So the story doesn't end there, though. The story does not end there. Oh, my goodness. Very shortly after Goody Cole passed away, there was a large outing attended by a group of Hampton residents on a boat. Sure. And suddenly, like, out of the blue... It was a gorgeous day, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, a huge squall, so like a crazy rapid storm, yeah. comes up out of nowhere, and every single person on the boat drowned. <gasps> Even though when they were knocked from the boat, they could have very easily swam to the shore. Really? Every single person drowned. Jeez. And so the townspeople started to whisper, this is the revenge of Goody Cole. Ah. For how the people of Hampton treated her. Fair enough. I, good. 
Mm -hmm. They want to think that, sure. In 1937, people of Hampton gathered to clear Goody Cole's name. They formed the Society in Hampton Beach for the apprehension of those falsely accusing Eunice Cole of having familiarity with the devil, a.k.a. the Goody Cole Society. <laughs> Which, oh. like, thank God they shortened that. <laughs> Um, and they made and sold a doll with her face on it for a Ooh. fundraiser, but like haunted. <laughs> like, yeah, hello? hello, what the fuck? In 2003, a smokehouse restaurant called Goody Coles was opened in Exeter, New Hampshire, and then it moved to Brentwood, New Hampshire in 2006, where it still stands. Yeah, I remember that. And the old salt restaurant in Hampton, New Hampshire has a room called the Goody Cole Event Room, where its employees, including a friend of mine, as well as my brother, they both worked there. Oh. They're like, the Goody Cole Room's haunted as fuck. Whoa. People have gone in there and have claimed to see her ghost. Oh my god. So mm -hmm. basically, on our next True Crime New England retreat, we're camping out in the Eunice Goody <laughs> we're doing an overnight. <laughs> That's crazy. An overnight stay. <gasps> yeah, so they erected a memorial for her where they think that her remains or her bones are. Mm -hmm. um, Why didn't they just dig and check? I'm See, sorry. You'd think, right? I guess. You'd think, but probably someone's house is over it or something. Yeah, that's true. Can you imagine? No, I don't want to. Yeah, but people to this day say that her spirit or her presence, they can see an old haggard woman. Oh my God. Standing and looking at this memorial. That's so creepy. Yeah. Um, and reports of this ghost have occurred as early as 1937. Wow. The first report was a police officer. He was visibly shaken. He ran into the police station. He was pale. He was sweating. He was shaking. Yeah. He was terrified. He told his superiors that he had encountered a woman answering this description of a little silent old woman in gray Oh. that they said very much looked like what Goody Cole would have looked like. Oh, God. If they had pictures of her in the 1600s. Right. right. They didn't. Right. But he said that he saw this woman walking along a poorly lit but very high traffic street. And he stopped this cruiser to tell her, hey, this is a really dangerous spot for pedestrians. Yeah. You're a little old frail lady. You should be more careful. Yeah. She said to him, I've walked the same street for hundreds of years and should be very capable of taking care of myself by now. Whoa. And he's like, okay, have a good night. Bye. Drove about 30, 40 yards and went, pulled over. And it's like, what the fuck did she just say to me? Yeah. And he put the car in reverse and went to go back to talk to her. She was gone. And she was gone. <gasps> Disappeared out of thin air. Oh, my God. And so since then, people have said, I've seen the little old woman wearing gray. Yeah. Coming out of nowhere and disappearing into thin air <gasps> on this Hampton Street. Holy shit. And that's where she would have been walking to grind her grain and do all these oh, things. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. And become an eagle. Sure. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I swear to god, people that work at the Old Salt restaurant are like, yeah. the Goody Cole room is haunted. Yeah. Oh, like, I'm she's sure. in there. <gasps> mm -hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. That's bonkers. And the Goody Cole event room at the Old Salt is actually a destination on the national ghost oh. tour oh. and there's a whole thing where all 50 states have these haunted destinations right. and the Goody Cole event room is one of them cool where you can learn about her ghost and see her potentially see her ghost wow mm -hmm. I've, we've eaten in the old salt yeah it's pretty good. delicious yeah their breakfast buffet on Sundays I was gonna say their brunch <gasps> holy shit damn my grandparents and I used to go and it'd be like this whole big thing they'd be like we got reservations at old salt on mm -hmm. Sunday because they had a chocolate fucking fountain. Yep. And it was like 10 in the morning and they had like rib ribeye. Oh, it was bougie as hell. Oh my god, it was amazing. So good. And the chocolate, I'm going to come back to the chocolate fountain. There was like <laughs> a whole table of things and I'm talking like not just bananas. There was strawberries, there was marshmallows, there was Rice Krispies, there was pound cake. There was literally pretzels and anything you could think of, you could dip it in the chocolate fountain. They do a good ass job. They do. But any whomst, that is the story of the legend of Goody Cole, mm -hmm. a woman who seemed to have lived, in the end at least, a pretty shitty life. That sucks. I would be haunting that town too. D me too. Can you imagine? It's like you keep telling them over and over again, I'm not a witch. And they're like, you witch. I'm not a witch. I'm just a bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're like, no, sorry. Sorry, it doesn't work like that. <sighs> the poor thing. Mm -hmm. That's awful. Yeah. So there you have it, guys. Week two of our spooky October 
Halloween special. Yeah, with a little small town New Hampshire legend that's based off of real facts. It is. She was a real person. Mm -hmm. And she was the only woman in the state of New Hampshire to be convicted of witchcraft. Ooh, that is very interesting. Or convicted of... Familiarity with the devil, yes, of course. Yes, a.k.a. Witchcraft. witchcraft. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And like we said last week, I just can't believe that was a thing, you know? People are like, oh, I saw her as an eagle. And they're like, sounds good to me. Yeah. Toss her in jail. To to Boston prison lane. <laughs> yeah. AKA hell on earth. That's awful. Mm-hmm. Poor thing. That's old. She was so old, too. When they moved to America from England, they were already in their, like, 40s and 50s. Like, they were older. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like. It's really sad. It is really sad. Just a mistreatment of. And I know that this. The information we gave you guys today kind of relate to the Salem Witch Trials, but this was a whole nother thing in itself. It was before the Salem Witch Trials. Yeah, this you was believe years it. before the Salem Witch Trials. So, <sighs> New Hampshire did it first. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy stuff. Yeah. So, guys, thank you for listening. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at truecrimeny all lowercase and you can email us at truecrimeny at gmail.com and you can hit us up on our website still very exciting so fun truecrimeny.com that's holy right. shit yes and you can use our handy dandy submission tool to send us a story you can be anonymous if you want you can send your name if you want but send us stories, send us true crime stuff Isn't that, that relates to New England. It's fucking crazy. Or not, and we'll just learn about it together. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And before we go, the other day, and I told this to Katie because mm-hmm. it was crazy, I was just chilling, and all of a sudden I get a notification on Facebook. Somebody messaged me. It was my friend Riley. I, I've known him for like two years, and we talk occasionally. And he was like, dude, my wife was listening to a podcast and I thought the voice sounded familiar. And it was you. Oh, my God. And I literally was like, what? That's crazy. Like, yes, you know, small town. Like, I already knew him. But it was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And he was like, she loves your podcast. Her and her friend listen all the time. And Riley, has they have this beautiful little girl. She's seven months old, Lily. Aww. She's very cute. And I love seeing all the pictures of her. And he just, I was so excited to have someone be like, dude, I know someone who listens to your podcast. So cool. Isn't that crazy? So cool. So I just wanted to say hi to Drea and her friend Rachel, who love our show. He says they listen all the time. Thank you, girls. Oh my God, love it. Thank you, guys. Very much appreciate it. It's people like you who make this worthwhile. Yeah, and just fun. Just fun to do. It's so fun. It's nice. Just as much as I love talking about true crime with you, Liz, it's nice to have (laughs) other people to talk to and listen. I know, right? We're not just speaking into the void. I know. (laughs) It's like people are listening to our conversations, but in a good way. Yeah. Like we're, we're one big, happy, true crime family. Yay. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, guys, um, with that, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.